2: Off the edge, Eli Manning stays on his feet,
3: airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Now back to Will and Viv
4: on ninety five seven. The game.
2: <laughs> is that a little anniversary today or something like that? It sure is. is. That what we got? Absolutely. Fifteen
4: years ago today, Damn. Manning gets away, throws.
2: Tyree Helmet! Catch! Uh, it's like playing Password back I, in the day. I do like that, though. I I, I mean, I love the... Uh, economy it, of words? When it comes to play-by-play, that's not necessarily my thing in my regular life, but... uh <laughs> well, well, I'll say. <laughs> <Talk blocking. laughs> anyway, yeah, like, I, I do dig it in play-by-play. I always remember, and someone can help me with this. I'm going to forget the year. I'm going to forget the situation. But this is back when both the 49ers and Bills were really good. Probably Jim Kelly era. I'm thinking, 49ers and Bills are both really good, and I think there must have been a Sunday night or a Monday night game, close game, highly anticipated game, and the 49er defense was trying to put up a goal line stand. Close football game, and Gary Plummer and Lee Woodall were the linebackers. And my memory tells me it was Thurman Thomas. Are you looking it up? Was it somebody other than Thurman Thomas? Yeah, I'm seeing it December 3rd, 1995, okay. midway
4: through a 10 10 tie 10-10 with Buffalo. Tie. All right, and they're at the one. And who's the running back? Uh, the running back
2: was uh, somebody named Holmes, Derek Holmes. <laughs> okay, whoever. <laughs> of course, seeing my memory, I'm like, it was Hall of Famer. Thurman Thomas. Totally. Now, some guy named Derek. And but it anyway. wasn't
4: Pat Summerall. It wasn't. It was no, Mike Patrick and Joe Thiesman.
2: Oh, okay. Scott so, da da da. Perfect. Perfect. Mike Patrick and and the way I remember it, running back named Derek goes over the top. Plumber meets him at the one. Pow. Fumble comes flying out. Balls out. Woodall picks it up. Goes ninety nine yards the other way. Ninety six. Ninety six. Whatever. <sighs> but they, they bowls at the one, and, uh, and and the economy of words was unbelievable. I'm sure it was a few more than this, but it felt like something like you know you said his name was Holmes. All right, here you know there's Holmes. Okay, third and goal at the one. Jim Kelly. Snap. Holmes. Fumble. Woodall. <laughs> What all touchdown like that was it. I'm like over under five and a half words. I'll take the under and the Niners go take the 17 to 10 lead. I love that stuff. I love it. You know, Vince Scully, Kirk Gibson over the fence. Just get out the way. Right. Let that moment be that moment, man. Oh, and I remember it for 30 years. Sort of. I forget a couple things about it, but I remember that moment. No, and it's
4: especially in TV. You don't have to. He's at the twenty, the twenty-five, the thirty, the thirty-five, the forty, because we can all see that he's at the twenty-five, the thirty, the (laughs) thirty-five, the forty. But just you know, to call out the player who did it, Holmes, oh fumble, and then you see it's Woodall.
2: It's still oh Yeah, and That's it's all the way so 96 good. yards. Touchdown. It's so good. Oh, uh, and, and yeah, here I am sort of kind of remembering it 30 years later. Um, all right, 888-957-9570. We'll get to the Garoppolo or the Galapolo thing here in, uh, in just a few. Uh, but Warrior defense, it stinks. I mean, uh, and is it can't or won't? That's my question because oh, it you're in the morning show uh, with uh, Styles Bonte in there today, uh, Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs, they'll be in town tomorrow night. Here was the question: Do you still see the Warriors as a title contender?
5: I don't
6: see it. I don't see it with them. You know, I, it, it's always and the reason is they don't play the defense that they that they have right. during their uh, during their great championship runs because they turn over the ball way too much. I mean, how they play is a pretty way to play. And, you know, and certainly when when Curry and Thompson and Poole all have it going, it's absolutely electric. But, you know, I don't know how you can turn it over that much and get away with it unless you play top shelf defense. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors don't play top shelf defense anymore.
2: Yeah. And I'm just uh, like, my question this morning is why? Why? People will point to GP2, GP2 was phenomenal. Um, He could take the other team's best player out of the game for a little bit, but this is not somebody who played 30 minutes for the Warriors, and he wasn't a finisher. Uh, he wasn't a finisher in, in, in these games. He wasn't in there for the final six minutes of a basketball game. Is it Mike Brown's absence? Is it age? Is it motivation? I'm open to any of these answers right now. And
4: I think it's all of them. Uh, by the way, GP2 played 17.6 minutes a game. So basically 18 minutes a night he played 71 of the 82 in the regular year. So if you're talking about 18 minutes... That's basically about 40% of the basketball game. So it's not so significant to where one player's absence would be the key difference in how you played
2: defensively. They also rolled through the playoffs largely without him. Yeah, they didn't have him Dylan until Brooks, the end. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have him, and they were right. fine. They were fine. They're taking out really good teams late in the playoffs without him. I would look at first, you know, as far as the team and the personnel,
4: the individuals. And I mentioned this earlier in the changeover. Individually, I don't know if you can look at any of those players other than Jonathan Kaminga and say this player is a better defender than they were last year. You could say Draymond is the same. And other than that, Kevon Looney might be about the same. Wiggins is not playing defense like he did last year. He hasn't been available, and he hasn't played consistently the same D. Steph and Jordan Poole aren't great defenders, and I don't think that they've gotten any better. Klay Thompson, to me, looks a little bit slow in terms of on-ball defense in a lateral standpoint. So individually, you're not the same defensive team you were. You play faster You turn it over more, even though you turned it over a lot last year, and you foul more than you did last year. All those things combined with offense now, has teams are all playing faster. Not only are you playing faster, everyone's playing faster. So faster play, you're not as good defensively, and you give the ball away and foul a lot. Those are all things to me that lead to you being not a good defense.
2: Will you play the role of Steve Kerr for a second in a conversation? Oh, I would love to. Would you do that, please? Sure. All right, because if I, uh, I don't know, if I was lucky enough to, you know, be like Damon and Ratto or something and talk to him all the time, I'd ask him this question. Today at 5. Um, and he is on today at 5. Don't maybe, miss it. Maybe I'll call in. Can we do guest questions? I'd like to ask a question for Steve Kerr, please. Let's go to uh, Mark. In the back. All right. <laughs> Thank um, you. Hi, Coach. Let's go right here in the back. Thank you. All right, so your team defensively, based on stats and the eye test, is really struggling. This is not a good defensive basketball team right now. Would you say that that's a matter of can't or won't?
4: I think right now, Mark, and I appreciate you asking me that, and uh, I I think it's a combination right now of, of can't and won't. You know, in terms of the can't side of it, I think we've got some young players who are still learning to grow in this league and they're still learning to defend. I I think Jordan Poole's made significant strides as a defensive player and, you know, you've seen Jonathan Kaminga now in a rotation. He's become a guy now we trust to guard one through four. And you know, we're still trying to figure out our rotation, the back end of the rotation. And, you know, some of the, some of the newer players, they're still trying to uh, assimilate to our system. As far as your won't question goes, I I think, you know, you look at the first 52 games and there've been spots where we've been a good defensive team, but, You know, consistently, this is where, you know, I think we've been lacking. It's not so much a a lack of desire, but it's been adjusting to these teams, you know, because a lot of these younger teams, they're going to give us their best punch. And these are teams that are motivated to come out and take a shot at the defending champions. And so I think at times we've shown. An unwillingness to really play that forty-eight minutes of a hardy defense. But when we get toward the playoffs, I think that this veteran core, they'll kick it back in
2: into gear. I think you did a good job. You could have had a little bit more hoarseness to your voice. Steve Kerr usually you know he's especially a little bit late more, in the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go mock rivers. He's not Doc Rivers, but he's got you know, and we he's, need a visit from Mock little. Rivers, we do. too, if you're on your way Man, in. That would motivate everybody. Jeez. I also think though <laughs> I love Mock Rivers. He instead you I said don't agree with that. it's a it's a it's a combination of can't and won't, I think Steve Kerr would probably, and he has to do this for his team, he would reject the idea that it's can't or won't and he would say, no, right. it's, it's haven't, but will. I It, it is to me... Well, maybe you do the bit I, next well, time. No. You, maybe you ask
4: yourself and I'll just go on I my I thought phone. you did a great job. Thank you. You did, you did a wonderful I'll just job. catch I'll just... up with my words with friends and my dominoes <laughs> games. <laughs> no, but... He's not going to admit that we can't. Yeah, and I'm yes, I'm I'm an and open book, Mark, as a coach. Anytime I was asked, when I was
2: interviewed after matches, I would always be just brutally honest that, with the kids. That's true. That's, I and mean sometimes too honest. right, right. I mean, heck, you after a game, people are missing limbs, and you just point right to it, like oh. you you were brutal. Uh, but Pointing anyway. the finger. <laughs> I got ten of them. I point them all. Lucky guy. Totally. Yeah, I just think. And I don't mean the question to st- sort of pin him into saying something bad about his team. He's not gonna say we can't, obviously. I felt threatened. Right? He's gonna he's got all the uh he's got the full roster so that he can go out there and play and it's a great roster. And he's not gonna say either, he's not gonna admit that we won't, in other words, like we're defiant. We're decide. but but, that, that, but I think you, I addressed the won't though appropriately. But you haven't. You haven't, Coach. Like they have the
4: thing. And at times. So and what he would tell you. Well, I think you've already had your question. We're going to go over here. We're going to go to the other side of the room. I think Monty Poole's got one. Maybe Uh, Kareth Burke wants to follow up (laughs) as well. In terms of won't, I think that, uh, you know, at times they have played good, solid defense. But what Steve Kerr would tell you, what I would tell you as Steve Kerr, is that we still are fouling too much. We put ourselves in positions where we're making careless mistakes last night against denver is a great example where you got into foul trouble too early you're committing fouls on both ends of the floor which allows the opponent to get into the bonus too soon and too easily so it's not so much a won't as it is a lack of discipline in many ways
2: defensively uh, let's hear from some of you jonathan in the city uh is uh first up here with Weather and Dibbs. hey jonathan what are you doing
7: Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, I'm just about to enjoy these uh, beautiful burritos that my good
2: friends uh, oh. Felipe and Raquel. Okay, wait a minute. Is this a breakfast burrito or a lunch burrito? What's going on here?
7: Uh, it's a breakfast burrito
2: oh with uh, Mexican chorizo,
7: scrambled oh. eggs, and uh, some potatoes and cheese. They're very yummy.
2: Yeah, there's certain words when they get put together. I just get a chill go up the spine. Breakfast and burrito. Those are two of those words. Thank you, Jonathan, for saying that. Uh, what else you got?
7: Uh, to, for the Warriors, uh, in my eyes, they're not too far away because of what I've seen them, you know, get up games against you know Memphis Grizzly and Boston. But they do need this uh, All Star break to just you know contemplate and look back and self scout. They're not that far away, man. But right now, they're like turnover junkies, man. They just you know that's their drug of choice right now is the the turnover, and it just kills them. It's annoying to watch when, especially the other night, you got set. You know, no-look pass to a Draymond Green moving forward, and it's a backward pass. It drives me nuts watching it over and over again. You know, like, why are you passing the ball, no-look, to a guy who's not looking to catch a pass? (laughs) And it becomes contagious, and it just rolls downhill, becomes a bigger snowball. And they need to stop it. They need to go to rehab, guys. Because right now well, they're turnover over junkies. Here's the thing,
2: they Jonathan. They tried to get him
4: to go to rehab, Jonathan, but they said no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, you, th- you th- know you. That, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan.
2: I'll also say this though. Can't believe he uh, didn't sing that. I, you know, it's a missed opportunity. Totally. Uh, well, wait a minute. Could you sing it, or would just would you not? Is it can't or won't? I when think it comes it's a combination with Jonathan right Amy now. Yeah. Anyway. I'd say this about the, the, the turnovers. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to tell you it doesn't look worse this year than it has in the past. I'm also not gonna tell you that some of these aren't coming in worse moments than they have in the past. But the idea, the concept of being driven nuts by Warrior turnovers. I'm sorry, that's not new to me. That's that, that, that's it's always been that way. You've, if you've watched Warrior basketball over the last ten years, you are used to being annoyed by reckless turnovers at times and in key moments. We've always heard it. It is part of the warrior DNA. It is part of the way they play. Steve Kerr has been public about it. He's like, I wish it would go away, but it's just part of our deal, and we have to overcome that, and it also sometimes, it comes with the territory. If you want this beautiful ball movement, running guards, flying around, looking like fireflies in the sky... And it leads to somebody putting up a gorgeous three-pointer and a nickname of Splash Brothers. If you want that, then you're going to have some turnovers. So I'm actually not bothered that much. By the turnovers, it needs to be cleaned up a little bit, but it's never going to be all that clean. But it doesn't have to be all that clean. It's the defense. It, it's not like the well, turnovers. To me, t- it's all of it. Yeah, It's I, all of it.
4: And if you want to compare this year to last year, which I think is a great way to look at the difference, because why is this year's team defensively so much different? Last year, the Warriors in the association were number two in the league in turnovers. They committed 14.9 per game. This year, they're number two in turnovers, 16.7 a game. That's so two, two more. Yeah. So that's two possessions, which is six points. It could be four points, two possessions a game you are giving away. Let's talk about fouls. Last year in the association, the Warriors were fourth in the league in fouls committed, 21 fouls per game. This year, number two, 22 fouls per game. So that's an additional foul per game that you are giving up. So turnovers are up about 10%. Fouls are up about 7%. And let's talk about pace. Wow. The overall pace of the league is up by one and a half possessions per game. Last year, you were one of the faster teams. You were actually, you were in the middle pace-wise. This year, you're the fastest team, but across the league, there are 14 teams that are pacing more than 100 possessions per one or a hundred you know possessions per hundred, which is way ahead of last year. So you turn it over more, you foul more, and teams are playing faster, all of that combines to where
2: if you're not a good defensive team, it's exacerbated. Right. So but but here's what I guess I would say to that. Are they turning it over a little bit more? Sure. Did they always turn it over a lot? Yep. Are are, are they going fast, faster? Yes. Were they always fast? Yes. Are they fouling more? Yes. Did they always foul a lot? Yes. Are they a bad defensive team? Sure. Were they always a bad defensive team? No, not even close. Like, if you want to look at the gap between last year and this year, there is one thing and one thing only that flies off the page. Your defense used to be top five, and now it stinks. Now it's bottom five. What the hell happened? What it, like that's the only answer you need right now. Right now, because it's only February. Some of those other things you just said, you're right. They need to be cleaned up. And 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 there's time to do that because they're just like, tighten that screw. Tighten up. Give me one uh, it's more than tightening a screw. Give, right. give me one less turnover again. Give me one less, because you won it last year being the second most turnover team. In the league, and you still won the whole thing. Okay? So hey, give me one less foul per game. All right. Tighten that screw. Dude, you need to become somebody completely different on defense. Well, let me give you a. You need a, to be a totally different human and being. Let me give you an example
4: yeah. of where you're not tightening screws. You are absolutely trying to shore up entire walls of your foundation. Last year in the association, you uh, and <laughs> I shot. How many out Tim of Roy. that is that today? That's at least four or yeah, five. But yeah. and I listened to the pregame last night, and Tim Roy loves to go around the association, and it's a it's a nod to Chris Townsend who used to association. You know,
2: and we love Tim Roy. And t- well, and Tim will be here in forty minutes, and all but, guests are brought to you on the gu- Bud Light guest line. Bud Light easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Go and ahead.
4: hopefully, Tim and I can go around the association. Last year, the Warriors mm. field goal percentage allowed forty three point eight, number two in. The association. association. Thank you. This year, (laughs) Warriors' field goal percentage allowed 47.4, Dog. 18th in the league. So last year you allowed 43.8, this year allowing 47.4. So aside from the turnovers and the fouls and the pace, that's a great example where other teams are making four or five shots per hundred more than they used to make. So you're giving them more chances with turnovers. You're giving them more freebies with fouls. And in live action play, they're scoring more often because your defense isn't as good. Well, I have heard Dog. also
2: that uh, the uh, Warriors always get the uh, the uh, other team's uh, best shot. They and, do. And so that's why all the shots are uh, going in on the on the other team is at least what I'm told. Yeah, Kyle, what do you got? <laughs>
8: The lack of just like... like We always talk about learning to play in the Warriors' offensive system. I feel like it's been that way defensively. Just the amount of miscommunication and two Warriors standing next to each other. It's just there's... There's just a... Like they just, they it's like, yeah. do, it, do it better. Well, and, it just, and, and, and I, play better. You know, stop doing that. Yes, and I, like I. So, I take. so many open shots well, and backdoor cuts and just guys falling asleep on defense. Yeah. Yeah. Take, they just, it, take
2: it to the Niners if, at the beginning of the year. If Trey Lance misses a receiver, like hey, he's right. Let's give him a minute. He just got here. He's brand new. If what you were saying, Kyle, if if, if it was because Wiseman was on the floor, right? Okay, you guys learning the rotations. What am I looking at right now? The first quarter and the fourth quarter are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Kavon Looney, and Draymond Green. And you got six on the floor. It's a technical foul.
3: Well,
2: maybe that's the <laughs> problem. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> but, right? Like, there's no excuse with this no, I'm group. I'm with you. So, Mike, I, like, I can't... I'm not going to be able to get past the simplest of questions. Why? Why does it suddenly look like this? I think Kyle nailed it with his
4: maybe overly simplistic breakdown of uh, you're not, you know, your defense isn't as good because you're not defending as well. But he's right in terms of open shots, open threes. Last year, three point field goal percentage allowed 33.9. You were tied for number one in
2: the uh, uh, association. association. Go ahead. Thank you.
4: This year, you're allowing 36.3% from three-point shooters, which is 19th in the league. So yeah. your two-point percentage allowed is worse. Your three-point percentage allowed is worse. You're giving more possessions and you're fouling more often. So why, why? is I why? why? James, why is, <laughs> man. man, it's because individually <laughs> and collectively, you're not as good. And what? Kyle was right though, about how many times do we now see like, a defensive breakdown where it's a wide open corner three
2: from a guy we've never heard of. I mean, I, t- I tell you, Sean Char. What, by the way, with the Super Bowl nine days away. Sorry, hang on one sec, Kyle. I mean, when you like <laughs> but- <laughs> we redo everything in Hollywood, why hasn't somebody come back with the Budweiser Frogs babies? Like, right? The Super Bowl's nine days away. Do I need to think of this for you as well? Budweiser is the first commercial every year. Bring the Frogs back. And put James Wiseman in that commercial. And let's see if we can get something creative for once in a while. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle.
8: I think we should bring the twins back as well. Twins? Right.
2: <laughs> no. Ah, I, I, I think there's love a... <laughs> losing my job. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was well, on what? that day. <laughs>
8: no, uh, I think there's also something to the notion of, like, it's a lot of Anthony Lamb. And it's a lot of Ty Jerome, or it has been. You have Ty jo- Jerome. You have Jonathan Kaminga, who's still trying to figure out how to play defense at this level. It's Jordan Poole, not a great <laughs> defender. It's it's just there's there's also just a lot of guys who aren't like great NBA players. Ty Jerome, like, great NBA uh, players
2: on the defensive end. I should say. Ty, Ty Jerome. Last last Friday night, Raptors in town, and uh, Ty didn't play. He was he was not dressed and uh sitting there with the well, lovely he's christy dressed, but like yeah, he yeah, wasn't naked thank Damn. you yeah. so we're sitting there uh naked why, in why, why do you think the lovely christy pointed him out he's like, who's the naked guy on the bench <laughs> so she's sitting there and we're going through like okay who's in and who's out and she's like hey where's uh where's iguadala and he's right over there with those jeans and then she goes who's the little guy in the uh in the, the he had like a camo sweatsuit on She's like, who's who's that guy? It's gonna mark. Is he, yeah, does he help out? Does he get water? Man, who is he? I go. He's on the team. Oh boy. She's a size this. Jerome. Yeah. Who's that plucky <laughs> little guy in the camera? Like NBA you don't player need when he, yes, right? <laughs> no, you do. You do in the NBA. Uh, hey, Duck Sauce in San Jose. What are you doing?
3: Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, just on my work break here. just a uh, great show. I just had a couple of takes on a few of the Warriors topics this morning. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, the first one on the turnovers, um, totally agree with Willard's point. I mean, if you've been a Warriors fan for a while, you know that their Achilles heel is turnovers. Um, to me, it's more of the context of what type of turnover it is that drives me crazy. Like, you know, if it happens in the front court and you, you lock eyes with your, your, your teammate and one guy goes this way and the other goes that way, I can live with those ones because to me, that's part of the beauty of the Warriors offense. It's organic and it's all reading and, and It's all, they're all, it's all going off their hoop IQ. So those ones, you know, I can live with those. It's the ones in the backcourt that drive me up the wall where really, you know, and Draymond's just as guilty as Steph. Like they try to throw it over the top sometimes and it's just getting picked off or just, it's just pure laziness and lack of focus. You know, those are the ones and, and the timing of them too. Like you said, the, the, it's, it's just unacceptable to me, no matter if you're turnover prone or not. Um, The other thing is on the defense, I had, you know, my one big question mark to me is about clay. Like no question. I don't think anyone would argue that he's not the defender. He once was, but to me, and I'll ask both of you guys, Dibs and Willard, I'd like to know your thoughts. Like last year, he also didn't look like the defender he used to be, but something happened in game three of the finals where he flipped the switch and looked elite again, defensively. And to me, I'm like, Okay, what did we witness there? Is it only because well, he saw the finish line? Yeah. All of a sudden, he was able
2: to muster it. Yeah. So, that Ducks speaks to your can't and won't. Well, and I'll jump in on, I think it was even before the NBA Finals. Don't forget the play he made on John Morant in the Memphis series at the end of the game. Yeah. Beautiful defensive play. And it's you're pointing to why I still have hope for this team. I still have hope for this team because they have done this in the past, not this badly. But they've done this in the past where they show up in April... they did it last year where they're like okay we're different now Wiggins did it he was a completely different human being
1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: There is 10% of me that that wonders if they're not going to do that again in April this year
4: well we hope they will and uh, you know in the meantime they need to figure it out to the point
2: where they're even around for April um, let's get some red and gold reaction Tim Kalakami, the Athletic's going to join us in a second red and gold reaction is brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenni.com was this appropriate or not I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario that dismissive, rude, or straight shooter and totally fair. We get to that and more with Tim Kawakami coming up next on Willard and Dibs. Hey, it's Dante DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark put some respect on Dante DiVincenzo. You called him a good defender. He's very good. And he's very good on offense, too. divincenzo has been excellent this year, and... Nice of him to come into the interview room last Friday. He took questions from my oh, students. Oh, now now we know why you're oh, is pandering. Oh, don't act, don't act like I haven't been uh, loving this dude all year long. No,
4: but now he's been a wonderful addition. Now we're gonna like. Endorse him for DPOI because he did you a solid. Now, did I say that? Or no, but you're falling you over fa- yourself.
2: Are you falling victim to ridiculous hyperbole?
4: I am falling victim to ridiculous uh, hyperbole, but
2: you, you, sir, are pandering. He is restaurant quality, just like the writing of one Tim Kawakami, the athletic who joins us right now here. Great transition. On Willard and Tim's all guests are brought to you on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Hey, Tim, what's cooking? How you doing? doing guys, doing well guys how you doing i'm doing fantastic i want to know what now were you in the room for the uh the shanahan and lynch deal the other day oh yeah okay Please. so oh,
6: yeah
2: uh i like the vibe a few things that people noticed i think there was the obvious one when it comes up that uh kyle shanahan is being questioned sort of in a way of like do you injure your quarterbacks he's gonna get testy i get that but now you know and and killian writes an article about like that was disrespectful to jimmy garoppolo to dismiss the idea of his future here without saying something about it what what was your read on kyle's demeanor and the way he he, he put stuff out there
6: no he was edgy he was tired and clearly you could tell from the moment he got out there he kind of had john lynch who i'm sure was also tired but you know, certainly wasn't going to come off that uh, grumpily. He saying, you know, Kyle needs a rest. He, you know, he he really works hard. He pours his heart into it, and you know, just sometimes he's got to rest a little bit. <laughs> so, I think when you have the general manager doing uh, in contemporaneous uh, editor- editorializing, there you kind of knew that Kyle was a little grumpy. He's probably been a little grumpy the last few days. Obviously, long season, bitter loss. They were going through all the player stuff, but. And you know, also, when he's grumpy, he, like, spits out the truth. So I don't mind it. I don't get my feelings hurt. Uh, if he bites back at me a little bit, that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we get over, over, you know, obsessed about stuff like that. Uh, deal with it. He'll be better in another day when he gets to rest. And then, he'll, you know, then there'll be another middling day. And then it'll be a, it'll be a rough day. But, yeah, he was really blunt about Garoppolo. Garoppolo wasn't coming back. I mean, everybody kind of understood. Once Purdy... Emerge. That's the Garoppolo alternative. Like, you know, the guy who can get you to win, who so can figure out what to distribute the ball, pretty probably is doing at a higher level, certainly on a cheaper contract and much younger. So, yeah, could could Shanahan have been more diplomatic? Absolutely. For all the time that Garoppolo was here, the, the games they won. But I don't take it to heart. I don't think it's like it's just he was grumpy. There might have been something where, you know, I don't know. I mean, where they had something where they both decided they weren't going to do this anymore. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was not available in, in, in the locker room the, the day after the season. So who knows? But I don't You know. I don't know. I like Jim Harbaugh. I, those guys, I have no problem with bluntness. I have no problem if they're just, you know, I have a problem if they lie. I have a problem if they mislead. And I'm not when Kyle's grumpy. He's not misleading. He's going to tell you exactly what he's feeling exactly at the moment. Does not mean that's exactly what he's going to feel like in two weeks, though, or in two months. And that's what Lynch, I think, was underlining. Like, hey, let's come back. This is what we're thinking right now, or it's what Kyle's thinking right now. And I don't think this Garoppolo thing's changing, uh, although we've seen that change many times uh, over the years in different ways. But I think about whether they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback, where they feel about the team, what they're feeling about the Brock Purdy rehab. That could change. You don't know. The surgery hasn't happened yet, as far as I know. You don't know what they're going to find for sure in there. I think they need another quarterback. Uh, I asked Kyle about that, and he said, well, we've got two starting quarterbacks. And, but they're both young and they're both hurt. <laughs> so he just ran out of quarterbacks in the NFC Championship game. So I just think you saw him in the moment. That's kind of the way he is with the players sometimes. it's kind of the way he is with us. And I know if, you, if feelings were hurt about it, so what? It's football. You move on to the next thing. He didn't mislead. He didn't lie. He he actually told us some information, and I appreciate that part of it.
4: Yeah, and it's a bad time, by the way, to run out of quarterbacks the NFC Championship game, and uh, it was just a terrible time for that to happen to the 49ers. But you talked about two weeks from now, two months from now, when they do need another quarterback, which route do you think they'll take? Do you think they'll look for another late-round draft pick or try to find one of these retread veterans, maybe a guy they've already had? Which way do you think they're going to go, Tim? I'd do
6: both. Uh, maybe they're not going to because there are roster spots you have to think about. I'd do both. I mean, I'd look at a guy like Matt Ryan. You know, that's not going to thrill anybody. Uh, there was one perfect candidate, right? We know that. It wouldn't cost him any, you know, a draft digger in a trade. And he got Bay Area ties, and he happens to have won seven Super Bowls, which probably would fit the situation, and he retired that morning. That might have led to a little bit of Kyle's snippiness, baby. Uh, I-, I think they would have looked hard at Brady. Beyond that, there aren't any sure thing, you know, solutions. I don't think they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers basically said (laughs) that at Double Beach yesterday. They don't have draft picks. They can't make a big trade. Matt Ryan, again, he's not going to thrill the fan base. And I get it. He's not great, but he's playing the system. He can distribute the ball. I'm not saying he gets you to the Super Bowl, but that that moment when you need someone else, if Lance isn't playing great or if Purdy isn't available, which is always possible, or they most might get hurt while they're playing well. I think a Matt Ryan, you know, an Andy Dalton. Again, these are not names that are going to thrill anybody, possibly including Kyle Shanahan. But they're they're workable solutions, and maybe draft another quarterback. Hey, you got Brock Purdy seventh round. Maybe you know you take a Jay Keener in the fifth. Just give yourself options for a team that's built to challenge for Super Bowls and ran out literally ran out of quarterbacks. I don't think it's a problem if you just pile up a bunch of them and have them on hand. Again, there's roster spots. You don't want to lose a good young linebacker today by keeping too many quarterbacks. But if I'm them, I would try to get as many possible options as you can going into camp and get through the season because we know quarterbacks can get hurt. And I don't believe the Kyle Shanahan system gets them hurt. I think, she, I think Garoppolo is an injury-prone quarterback, so that was part of this. It was him multiple times. You talk about the quarterbacks that they've lost over the years, and now they're not going to have Garoppolo. So you see what you got from there. I do think you have to build yourself up depth, though. You have to make sure that if you get to your fourth quarterback in an NFC Championship game, you kind of like that guy. Instead right. of saying, I don't know what we're going to do here, what the hell are we going to do? That, that, that was a very real thing, and I would not risk that happening again if I possibly
2: could if I'm them uh, Tim Calcami with us here Willard and Dibbs 95-7 the game Tim let's do something real crazy at the quarterback position and actually assume health uh, you know Mayoko said yesterday uh, that that uh, a healthy Purdy you, you could not pitch to the locker room that he would not be the starter if everybody's healthy do, do you see it clear cut the pecking order at quarterback no it's not
6: even a question it's not even, if, if he'd not gotten hurt in that game and they'd lost uh, he is the starter going into every drill, every session, everything they do in the off season, and unless something crazy happens, and to pr- practice one of, of training camp, it's not even a question. Uh, he, you know, essentially <laughs> usually be beat out, you know, Nate Sunfelt and sort of beat out Trey Lance in training camp. He couldn't because they would invested so much in Lance, but I think at some point Shanahan was thinking, I'd like to play this guy. And then, then then, they brought Jimmy back, and then Lance got hurt, the Jimmy got, and all these other things happened. But I think the proof is, in the victory, the proof is in the way that, that Shanahan called the games. The proof is in the way the team kind of exploded around Purdy, 30, 35 points a game, whatever it was, and, and his starts. This is real. Uh, and if he's healthy, and we don't know. That's what we don't know. But if he's healthy, he's the starting quarterback. First drill of training camp, I don't think, I have any questions in my mind.
4: Tim, difficult question, but I know you're up for it. Uh, what's wrong with the Warriors' defense?
6: <laughs> they don't have as good a defensive players. Uh, Gary Payton second uh, and you know some guys are a little older. Uh, Wiggins has not been the same since he's been back from his injury. I just think it's personnel. I, I, I mean, I think some of it could be attributed to losing Mike Brown, who was the success coordinator last year now for the Kings, although he doesn't have the right personnel there. And look at what's happened to the Kings? The offense is incredible. The defense is so good. I, I just don't – as you age, you know, this core is, is aging. There are real things happening, and they don't have kind of the secondary players that could just go cover the best guy, go cover Jamal Murray. You know, they didn't have Draymond last night, and that's their Jokic stopper, essentially. I don't, he never completely stops them, but they can just say, Draymond, you got Jokic, and everyone else gets their own guy. They can't do that when Draymond is not in the game. They don't have the personality that's good. It just isn't. And they were counting on Moody and Wiseman and Kaminga to fill major roles, and only one of them is doing that this season. And, and I'm a Kaminga guy, but he's up and down, uh, and he's really good on the ball, but he's not so good in team defense. Moody is essentially Curris, basically showing that he's not going to play them in, in any important minutes, and Wiseman is even further behind. So they're not as good. The, the The talent of the roster isn't as good, and I think it's showing in a lot of ways. Uh, sometimes the great Hall of Fame players can just elevate, and we've seen that in, in a few times. And you know, beating Boston, beating Memphis, the the key times when they've really decided they got to win these games. But in the night by night kind of NBA marathon, they're just not good enough. They don't have the right personnel to match up with these really good offenses. They just don't have that GP2. They don't have, you know, want to throw them in there for in a third quarter when you really need them in January. You know, they don't have those guys. They thought they did or they were hoping they did. They don't have them. And... They're, you know, as their Hall of Fame vets get a little older and a little bit slower, you know, and Jordan Poole is not going to be anybody's defensive stopper ever, um, I think we're seeing it in a night-by-night thing. Do I think they could get better for the playoffs? Yeah, I think they could. Uh, I don't know. And, and Wiggins is the huge key here. You know, the Wiggins, this season was looking okay. After a terrible start, the was, season was looking okay when Wiggins was playing really well. When Wiggins gets hurt or doesn't play well, there's just a hole in what they do. And if he comes back and starts playing well, I think they'll look a lot more like the Warriors we're used to. At least the Warriors last left.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Tim. Uh, thanks so much, man. Great to have you. All right. Good good, good, good talking to you guys. Yep, there he goes. Tim uh, Kawakami. Yeah, Wiggins. I mean, there are certain things that happened in the playoffs last year. Uh, where we were like, whoa! Remember, remember Looney in the Dallas series, right? And and just Wiggins the whole time, and it was once those things happened that they started to look like a team. And even still, they—I mean, this was not like it used to be. This was not a dominant, just roll through the league, hot knife through butter. They had to really like Memphis and Boston. These were hard series, and uh, and that was with Wiggins playing. An unbelievable role on both ends of the floor. He's not doing that right now, but you could see an avenue to where that might come back over the next couple of months. That's a yeah, possibility.
4: Sure. You could see an avenue and you know, you could look at all these different avenues where Draymond Green can become DPOY type of guy again. Clay Thompson can show that he can still be a stopper defender that he hasn't been. And you could look across the board and say, yeah, you can see a scenario where the Warriors could possibly do this. But you look at the body of work so far, 26-26. and It seems to me, from my naked eye, less likely than it would last year that they're going to be able to flip that switch and become that team again. Although, the playoff format does favor an older team knowing that you don't have to play back-to-back.
2: Absolutely. So more on the Warriors coming up in a little bit. Tim Roy's going to join us here in about 15 minutes and more of your phone calls here in just a second. But some good red and gold reaction there, which is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com and apply today. Also, uh, and Dibs brought to you in part by Pfizer. I, I, I want to give people an opportunity to react to this a little bit. Uh, Ann's article in the Chronicle saying that this was borderline, if not fully disrespectful. I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what, what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario that. Okay, so... Well, um, how dare he answer a direct question with a direct answer? Here's the thing, right? I'm offended, Mark. If, if you just... If you look at this without its context, without its surroundings, and if you also look at it through the lens of the last six years... I guess from that perspective, I could understand where someone was like, well, geez, I was a little terse. No, come on. But I'm not looking at it that way, and I don't think you can. The context of this comment is, first of all, Kyle is rat-a-tat-tatting through all kinds of questions with very short answers. Remember? Like, okay, who's the starting quarterback next year? Haven't thought about that. Uh, Okay. What about Brock Purdy's injury? Well, I mean, hoping it's the six month thing. Don't know yet. You know, Trey Lance, I don't know, phase three OTAs. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Nope. Don't see that. Exactly. You're rat-a-tat-tatting through with quick answers. This wasn't. And then add in where we are, time and space. We're 48 hours removed from an absolute emotional disaster it was devastating for him and and you show up and you to to ask someone in that moment to take the opportunity to a answer the question directly and honestly but then totally step out of the moment and go i'd like to take a moment stop i'd like to take a moment right now to do something That That we did last year, exactly. We've done this 10 times. We love Jimmy. Jimmy's elite. Jimmy's great. No need. Jimmy plays really well. We win games with Jimmy. We want to thank Jimmy for leaving all kinds of body parts on the field for us over the last few years. Just like a bunch of other players have who don't get near the pub or the money. Like... This is pro sports, Mark. We don't need just
4: we don't need to sit there and wax poetic about a guy's tenure. Now when Jimmy Garoppolo retires from football, then we can spend that time. And by the way, you said it last year when Jimmy Garoppolo famously said, see ya. And the team basically said goodbye to Jimmy G. He already had that moment. He had that send-off. He had that thank you. They waxed poetic about Jimmy G's impact. And you're right. Two days removed from the conference championship game, Kyle Shanahan, even the most emotional coach, Dick Vermeil himself, he would not be up there crying his eyes out over, over well, Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Dick would be crying. Absolutely, Dick might have <laughs> gone on
4: for a little bit longer than what Kyle Shanahan did, I mean, but no one's going to sit up there two days after losing that game in that fashion and answer a question and say, "Yeah, you know, there's no scenario, but let me just let me clear the decks here so I can spend three minutes right. to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo." I mean, it, it's it,
2: ridiculous to could, expect that could, from him. It, there's the word. It's ridiculous to expect it. Could he have done it? Um, I I I guess that's not who he is though. Well, again, it's just not the moment. This is the way I look at that press conference the other day. You got three things going on in that press conference. Okay, one, we want to know about the recent past. That's the Eagles game. Yeah. Two, we'd like to know about right now. Which is. How's Brock? How's. Yeah, is Purdy's elbow. What do you know? How's Josh's head? Nobody asked about the, uh, there you go. the Johnson concussion, <laughs> which was rude and dismissive. Now, no. that is more rude and dismissive well, than not asking about Jimmy Garoppolo's future. Which I hate to say in football, it's irrelevant. I know that sounds really, really terse, but nobody wants to know about Josh Johnson's. He's got a concussion in theory. He'll be better and he's not going to be a part of the team. That's sort of what I mean. Your well, his reason- career
4: might be over. Maybe. So can we
2: wax poetic
4: about Josh Johnson's yeah, career? He's been
2: here four different times and exactly. never really played. This was the best of the four stints, though. <laughs> right. Remember when he completed a pass? It was amazing. So, your recent pass is the Eagles game. Your current is the health of Brock. And then people want to know about the future, which is Brock, Trey Lance, OTAs, Nick training Bosa. camp, Nick Bosa contract. These are all the things. Where does Jimmy Garoppolo fit into any of those three categories? Was he involved in the recent past? No. He had a smile. Is he involved in the current in terms of anything new no. with injuries? Is he involved in the future of the 49ers? Is he? No. Well, then you
4: have to ask it because... And, and they did. Maybe Kyle says, you know, Jimmy and I talked after the game, and, and Jimmy wants to come back, and we're going to work to bring Jimmy back. Maybe that was the answer. So the question has to get asked, and Kyle answered it the best possible way, which is, I don't see any scenario. Yeah. Which means either Jimmy said, not a shot in hell, or the team said, not a shot in hell. Or they both have agreed that there's not a shot in hell that he's coming
2: back. Here's how I look at this. Let's say you're asking for an autograph. And you're a kid. Like, you should be asking for an autograph. Not, not like a, some 42-year-old. 50-year-old in a jersey. Right? You got, oh, a, you got a kid. Let's say you're outside Oracle Park and you're the only one there. And you happen to be in a spot that's in between the player's exit and the parking lot. Doesn't really exist, by the way. They never come out from the other side of the fence. I used but to you- do that at Candlestick
4: because yeah, they would could. come out uh, where the buses were, and you could get there and you could get autographs. Well,
2: sometimes they'd come out of that players' parking lot, and there'd be a traffic jam because it was Candlestick, and you could go <laughs> yeah. up to the windows. They'd roll down windows and be like, totally. "Hey, here you go." If you're a kid and 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 Buster Posey walks by, and you're the only one there, and yeah, Mr. Posey, you know, can I picture autograph? Excuse me, Gerald. And Buster doesn't even acknowledge your existence. That's rude on Buster's part. However, if you're 48 years old and you go up to Buster and his wife at a fancy restaurant with a white tablecloth, even in a not so fancy restaurant, tap him on the shoulder Hey, Buster, big fan, can you get out of your seat? Come take a picture. And Buster's like, My man, I'm having dinner right now. That's not rude. So this to me is very contextual. If this had been a different time, if this had been a game where Jimmy got hurt in that game and it was immediately announced he's out for the year and Jimmy's career with the 49ers is clearly over in this moment, and you ask Kyle, any future with Jimmy and the Niners? No. No that's rude i still don't think it's rude two days after a game it would it would well i think it would call for a little bit more of a comment it'd be a little bit more of an
4: eyebrow razor but in this moment not here no not here this is not this this is a guy who
2: hasn't played quarterback in what two and a half months he was not a relevant figure for the day you're right the question had to be asked because of purdy's injury but also, because of the fact that Jimmy would have no... Like, there is no scenario. And by the way, that was the way the question was right. asked. Do you see a scenario? Is there a scenario? No. No, there's no. no scenario.
4: There's no. no scenario. Even if Brock has Tommy John and Trey Lance's foot continues to be in a boot, there still is no scenario. That's basically what he's telling you. Yeah. And if this had been... Last year, like you said, Jimmy G coming off uh, an injury-plagued, he gutted it out, and he played the conference championship game. If you ask him this question in that setting— you probably deserve a little bit more of an answer. Hey, you know, Jimmy was great. He played through injury. We fell
2: just short. We wish Jimmy Garoppolo the best in his next destination, but that's not this. Uh, that's good red and gold reaction brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear. The San Francisco 49ers shop for over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenni.com. Back to the Warriors. Coming up next, the great Tim Roy is going to jump on for a conversation sensation. Uh, and then we'll get back to your phone calls at 888 888- on Willard and Dibs. It's the Red and gold Reaction on 95.7 The Game. I couldn't sleep last night. I take losses hard. I take them hard. I don't like losing. I don't like losing to connect four. I don't like losing in Monopoly. I don't like losing in Madden. Brought to you by Boxer & Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm. Helping injured workers get their lives back for over
4: 40 years.
5: Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-200-1966. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health a 1 million dollar policy should only cost about a hundred to two hundred dollars per month Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well you may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new 1 million dollar policy remember call Big Lou he's like you except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-200-1966. That's 800-200-1966. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-200-1966. 800-200-1966.
0: All year long, Odyssey celebrates the 50th anniversary of hip-hop by covering the milestones, saluting the history, and honoring the impact of the beast that created a global phenomenon.